0: Welcome to Election Space, a mental health podcast, and I'm your host, Camila. First and foremost, before we begin today's episode, there's some few changes that I would like to highlight. Um, so unfortunately, we did change our hosting platform from RSS to Anchor FM. Now, with this change came um, a series of other changes. After changing the name, we had to change the podcast cover photo. So, for those of you who have had our previous episodes, I had mentioned what Election Space is, because previously we used to call ourselves Mental Health Space. Now, Election Space is a social initiative that hosts this podcast. So, this podcast is amongst other projects that the social initiative does. So, um, Elation Space does this podcast, does community outreaches, does yoga, and many other things. So, we decided to just call um, this podcast the name of the social initiative, just for uniformity. I thought it would be appropriate that all our programs under um, Elation Space can all be referred as Elation Space. Um, For starters, we do not have any social media platform that is specifically... <laughs> created for this podcast so any information for this podcast is hosted under the Elation space um, social media platforms so I hope that is very clear so um, if you even check our cover photo you will notice that we have borrowed heavily from the Elation space logo yes so um, yes there's that then secondly um, previously I had mentioned that we will be doing this podcast twice a month that is um, the first week and the third week of every month that is on Wednesday so now we have changed that to weekly and I know I had mentioned that I do not want to um, limit myself to do weekly um, episodes because I was afraid that I might disappoint you like I produce an episode this week then I failed to produce an episode the following week I did not want that that's why I said I'll produce semi-monthly but then again I felt Producing twice a month will have been quite tricky even to just grow my audience. So I will try my best. I'm not promising, but I will try my best to ensure that every week I release an episode. So that means since I'll be producing weekly, I'll be producing short episodes. So um each episode will be around 20 to 30 minutes. Yes. Um if I'm feeling like the episode will be long, I will have to split it into two, like in this case. Um, okay, not really, because in this case, this is the second part of a story, but there are two different stories. Okay, I think you get it. <laughs> um, if it's a long episode, I'll have to split it into two so that it just becomes 20 to 30 minutes tops. Like, that is what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, um... So far, those are the changes I have made. I am so sorry if I have caused you any inconvenience. I had the option of going back to edit the previous episodes, but I felt like it feels like I will have to scrap down all those episodes and start afresh. And I did not want that. So I thought I'll just highlight all the changes in the beginning of this episode. But if you are new, then uh, we can pick it up from here and move on together. There's nothing much to worry about if you're new, and furthermore, this is a starting uh, podcast because this is literally our third episode. So, yeah, we will move on with this pace, hopefully, from now henceforth to the future. Yeah, to the future, this is the pace we'll be moving on. Again, my apologies if I've inconvenienced you in any way. Yes, so thank you so much. Welcome to today's episode and. Today's episode is about me talking about my depression story, part two. Um, Previously, I had shared my depression story, part one, which was when I um, struggled with depression in the university. Here and now, it's me struggling with depression, but outside university, I was actually working. Yeah, I was working. And um, The depression was kind of, in a way, um, correlating with me grieving. I had lost a loved one, so... A lot of things uh, came with that. I was so overwhelmed. Okay, so um, let's begin the story. But before we begin, um, there's a heads up. Um, there's this part that I wanted to mention before we begin the story because it will play a role um, in my story today. Um, yeah, so I lost my biological mother when I was around three years. Yeah, so that information will be useful later in the story. Cool. So let's start. Um, so I was working at this time. Then I got a call from home that um I had lost my father. Yeah, well that was pretty uh difficult for me. minding you that as I've mentioned, my mother had passed on a losing. So this news came with a backlog backlog of emotions. Anyway, I traveled back home. Um, it's quite a distance from where I used to work and where I used to live, like my home home, cause. Where I used to work was literally in the same region where I did my university. So it's still far, over 1,000 kilometers. Yeah, it was still far. So I, I got the call. I went home. And yeah, so we went to Barry, my late dad. Now, when we went home, this is where my... A little bit of information that is trying, is popping up. When we went home, I am an African. And in African culture... Um, okay... I'm not sure of African culture, but in my culture, <laughs> in my culture, we bury um, our loved ones in the backyard of the homestead. I'm not sure of other African cultures, but in our culture, we usually bury our loved ones um, at the backyard of the homestead. So when we had gone um, for the burial, so people were on the frontier, you know, for the burial ceremony. I don't know why, but I personally went to the backyard. So I was at the backyard, um, so this is like the grave site of the family lake. This is where our family members are buried. And I saw my mom's grave. Now, my mother passed on while I was three years old. That means I did not grieve her. I was so young. How does a three-year-old child understand the concept of death? No, so I did not <laughs> I did not know then, I did not grieve her. I probably knew about her death later on in life and I'm not sure um I cannot pinpoint what specific moment in my life it came I came into realization that my mother has passed on and did I grieve or did I have any feelings for that I am not sure. So when I'm at the backyard of the homestead <laughs> at the gravesite of the family, um I saw my dad's grave, you know, it was already open, so they're waiting for the ceremony on the front frontier to finish for them to come and bury him. And this is where my emotions came on full swing. Oh, gosh. I remember I broke down. Um, I broke down because now it hits me that both my parents are no more. And secondly, for the very first time, I can remember I am mourning my mother because my dad was going to be buried next to my mother, So I'm now seeing my mom's grave and my dad's open grave. And the reality hits or the reality strikes that I am alone now. Both my parents are buried to each other. Probably, yeah, they're buried to each other. So I'm alone. So I broke down. I really broke down. And I think it kind of helped me because me mourning my mother, something I have never done before, apparently, later in my story, I will point out that um, me not mourning my mother had actually been affecting me in my adulthood. My counselor called something like unresolved trauma, in which I will mention later on. So that was it. So I broke down, I wept. but um, thankfully the burial ceremony went through well. Um, Everything was done, then we returned back home. Now, if you have ever lost a loved one, you'll understand... um. How it feels now when after everything is done, you know, family and friends came for the burial, went home. Now while other people are adjusting to their normal, for those who are very close to the deceased, it's a a different story. It was for me. Because you are now going home, um, my brothers and I. And we realize how quiet the house was. You know, my dad had this kind of aura or personality at home. Whenever he was around, he'll just know he'll either be playing music at his um office. Um he had an office back at home, at his office, or you know, just walking in and out of the house, main house. So now we're going back, it's quiet and it now hits us as the children that he's gone, and I remember this particular incident, um, I was doing some cleaning in his office, I was sitting, um, just going through his computer, then my brother comes in, one of my brother comes in, he stands next to me, then he asked me, like this, like this happened, it's not like we were in denial, but it now hits us, like we've buried him, and we are expected to move on with life, you know, now it's different compared to before we buried him because, you know, we had family members in the house, so we never really discussed this in-depthly. But now we are home as children, as the children alone, then the reality sinks in heavily, pretty heavily, if I can say that. And I remember he was standing and he had um folded his hands on his chest, just looking at the air, kind of blanked out. We just stayed there for some few minutes in silence just trying to absorb the new realities. Now us without him. Yeah, that was hard, really. And it actually brought me to think of how the loved ones um have quite a hard time adjusting to the new normal. Those people who are very, very close to the disease, it's it's become quite difficult. After the barrel, after everything has gone normal for others, but those who are very closed um, to the disease, it becomes quite hard for them to just adjust. Now you know it feels like now how is how is life without them? How is supposed to navigate without them? Because you know, for us, our father was um, uh, you know, he was the head of the family. He was the one um, directing many issues. So now he's not there. It's just us. We don't have a mother. <sighs> it was quite emotional, chaotic, if I can say that. Yeah, it was. Um, but regardless, I think, um, me being there at least helps me just being around my brothers and it helps me that at least I have people with me. So I stayed home for quite a while, um, cause I remember I had taken an off of around one month. That is even after the battle, I still stayed home for some few more weeks, um, after my leave was over. So remember I was working, so I had to go back to my workplace and where I used to work again was far over 1000 kilometers so it was pretty far. I went back to my workplace, and by that time I used to live alone. So me going back <laughs> to my workplace, this is where things started um, not working right for me. Um, there were a lot of things. So my dad was the one um, who was mainly providing for the family. Uh, my two brothers, unfortunately, were not working at that time. So my dad was the one who used to provide now he's no more there. I'm the only one who is working, and my pay at that time was not good. I was being paid peanuts. Remember, I'm literally fresh from college, from the university. I think it was around my one year of working. So, I'm I'm still being paid um peanuts. I and the money is supposed to cater for me and cater for my brothers. Mind you, one of my brothers had a wife and children, so. It was pretty hard, uh, and I remember sometimes I had to multitask and I I was working four jobs. Yes, I was doing t- four jobs. I would even sleep like four hours at night. It was just so hectic. I was so overwhelmed. I'm trying to juggle between four jobs, and juggling um another part was juggling um now after my dad passed and of course there were some documents and processes that we had to un- to undergo to um inherit some of my father's property. Now, if you're an African, you might understand this. Sometimes when it comes to inheritance, ha, it's another ball, especially with family members. Mind you, we don't have any of our parents. Both our biological parents are gone. So it's now some family members who are now playing on this ball. And it's we did brush off on some very um wrong side. And I remember I actually um, broke some relationship at at that point, in which I honestly at this point do not regret, because I remember one of my family members looked down upon me because I am a lady and I was young. I I actually felt, um, (laughs) I felt bad. I felt bad. But there was a lot of things going on. So, um... Due to all these things that are going around my life, I decided to go for counseling. Luckily, where I used to work, um, it was an organization that used to deal, to deal with mental health. So we had a counselor who will, who was specifically for the employees of that organization. So um, I booked an appointment and I started this journey with my counselor. Now, this journey was quite long because <laughs> actually, remember, I, I, my counseling sessions went for six months yes because my um, dad passed on around um in the mid of last year mid-year and i ended my counselling in the last week of december i still remember that conversation very well because that conversation i had <laughs> i had made up my mind to do a number of things that i'll mention later on so during this counselling session it yeah it really guided me really and um In some in in some way it made me open some old wounds. I'd mentioned about my mother but I had not known that her death could affect me like over twenty years later on. So it was um it was very emotional going back to start opening some wounds, discussing them and um just sharing openly how you feel, how I felt about it, because this was the very first time I was talking to someone about my late mother. Being that open, I had never, done, I have never done, done that before. And it actually brought the question of, do you remember when like, your mother had passed on and did you grieve or anything like that? In which I had already mentioned that I do not remember a very specific point, that it came to my realization that my mother has passed on, However, I do remember while um I was young, um people in my neighborhood. So where I grew up in my childhood was this kind of neighborhood where, um, let me call it your um communist like there's some kind of communism like um. Every neighbor was involved in other person's lives. Like in case um something happens in this family, all the neighbors will be involved. They will participate in solving it. It felt like a child was the child of that neighborhood. Like, kind of a village setting for those who in Africa, might understand this, and it's actually very satirical because we were in town, we are living actually in, in a very urban area. But we still, like some years back before modernize this kind of modernization came in, so if like someone's child was a neighbor's child too, so my neighbors who are older than me felt like they were my parents. And I remember sometimes like I will go to, to the shop and the shopkeeper will mention how my mother passed on when I was very young and how the, like the community felt pity for me like I had those kind of remarks in my childhood and I remember when sometimes um people will just see me and feel pity for me, they'll give me things for free, they'll give me money, something of the sort. That was that I, I encountered that in my childhood and uh, but I can't remember specifically like. When it came to my mind, like my mother is dead, no? Because my cousin was actually sharing to me that my family told me when I started questioning, while I was still young, three years, I I started questioning, why am I not seeing my mother in the house? And my family lied to me, told me that my mother has traveled, but she will be back. Where she has gone, she, she will be there for quite some time, but she will be back. And I kept pestering them, why is she not coming back? It's been over days, it's been a month. Why is she not coming back? <laughs> but I can understand them right now because how are you going to explain to a three-year-old girl that her mother has gone and she will never come back? So I understand that. But I I can't recall. I I had never had this conversation with my dad because um first I felt like I would be opening some old wounds for him. You know, he lost a wife and as much as I lost a mother, he lost a wife and I did not want to take him back there so and the information I got from my um like cousins because they're way older than me and my brothers that at that time, it's not very clear. So I had an issue with that because I I never had any kind of closure from my mother's death. I would never grieved her. I don't even know what happened. So apparently that even affected me on how I used to behave in my adulthood. Very strange, but that came up during the counselling session. So um the counselling sessions opened up a lot of those for me to see some few things um, in clarity, things that I had made an assumption of, things that I felt were petty or they were negligible <laughs> in how I behave in my character right now, but they had a very huge impact. So I now had to start like opening up to grieve the past, to let it go, you know, kind of thing. And we, we discussed a lot. Even now, my family members, it's been very hectic following up with um, the inheritance processes. It was a lot. Oh, my gosh, a lot. I remember during that time, as I said, I was doing four jobs. I was fired in one. In the other one, I was nearly, nearly sent for suspension because I'd actually been given a show no cause letter. And, um, yeah, because I had not attended some meetings, but I was going through a lot. Gosh, I was going through a lot, but regardless, um, I did manage not to be, um, sent home for suspension. I managed to stay around. I explained myself. I'm going through a very difficult moment at home, but yeah, they accepted the excuse. It it wasn't an excuse though. And I, I stayed, uh, at the workplace. And mind you, this workplace was also quite toxic for me. So there are a lot of things that I was struggling. And I, I remember sometimes, like, I'll, I'll go home. I used to live alone. I'll go home and I'll just cry. I will cry. Like, I'm just tired. I'm exhausted. Like, this had to be, like, the most darkest moment in my life. I did go through depression in the university. And if I look back, what I went through university, it felt like it was a child's play compared to what I was going through now. 'Cause it was just a combination of me grieving, me stressed, me depressed, me overwhelmed, exhausted. A lot of things um came into play in this case. And um my like this it felt for me this was the first time I was grieving because I'd lost um some relatives, some friends, but losing a father felt different. It felt like now I've lost someone. This was quite different for me. It felt like I was grieving for the first time. And me grieving I was now grieving for two people, <laughs> one who passed on over 20 years ago and the one who had passed on recently. So it was a, a very long journey that I appreciate the counseling really helped me a lot in holding my hand and guiding me through this process. So yeah, that was it. So there's some few things actually that um I learned during this journey for me. And one of them was I had to cut ties with some people yeah, including some family members, you'll forgive me for this, but I'm very unapologetic about it. Because my counselor used to tell me like, if this is what will bring you peace, then you have to do it. Sometimes for me, it felt like my peace of mind came at a cost because I had to cut some family members, some friends. Um, I actually had to move cities. I had to resign that job, move on. It, came with a lot of changes. It came with a lot of changes. Um, so some of the things that I actually did, I changed cities. The following year, of course, the moment I was done with my cancelling session, as I said, uh, my counseling, the last cancelling session was the last week of December. And it's still quite vivid for me because that's when I made some conclusions in what I wanted for the following year. And that included me moving cities. That included me resigning from my old job. I changed my phone number. Okay, I'd already changed uh, like some few months before. Um, cutting connections with some family members. It came at a cost for me, but it helped very much. It helped very much. Because I the following year, I moved. Like, where I am right now, I'm in a different city. I'm in a new job, a different job. I changed my phone number. I cut connection with some friends and some family members. But right now, I have to admit, it is the most peaceful moment in my life I have ever had. As far as I can remember. <laughs> Maybe there were some peaceful moments I had while I was some years old, while I was young, or some months old. But right now, as far as I can remember, this is the most peaceful moment in my life and I cherish every bit of it. I know it came at a cost of having to get rid of some people, some um, environments, but I enjoy it this way. I really do. And I remember I actually tell myself sometimes that if it was even possible or even change countries, I will change my name. Like you have you ever gone through a certain situation, it pushed it to the wall to a point it feels like you just want to start afresh from scratch. New country, new name, everything new. It felt like that. Of course, I couldn't do that, <laughs> but it felt like that. But the little things that um, <laughs> I could do, I, I did them. Yeah, because um the workplace, the place I used to work, as i mentioned, was quite toxic. So I had to get rid of that environment and Getting just resigning, I felt I there were some possibilities of meeting some of my former colleagues even in town, and I did not want that, so I decided to change cities. I wanted a clear mind, I wanted a peaceful mind, but like if you've ever gone through um such um uh, dark moment, you will cherish the little bit of comfort you get, really, you will, and for me. I was not locked by anything where I was because I had n- no children or anything. So it was easy, it was flexible because I'm just alone. I moved, got out of there, re- um, relocated somewhere else. And I have to admit that has to be the best decision I've made um, this year. Some of the best decisions I've made. Right Now the people I interact with, I have limited to very few people, people who have access to me, very few people. And if that's anybody who is not bringing me peace, I have to cut you off. I, I actually did I remember going to my phone book. I deleted a lot of numbers. I deleted them. I, I do not want anything that's going to stress me. Like right now, my mental health is much more important than even money. I don't care. Finances won't help me in any way. What I went through, no. Not even money can change that. So, yeah, that was my journey. <laughs> With me grieving and depression and healing, getting back to my feet. And right now I'm living my best life. <laughs> and I'm thankful for all the people that supported me. And I I have to admit that the primary people who held my hand were my friends. And it's not like my family or my brothers weren't doing the job. But, you know, with family members, all of us were mourning, mind you, so... Who is supporting who? <laughs> but with friends at least, um, they are there for you. We you know they gave me a shoulder to cry on and I did cry, literally cried. And yeah, they helped me a lot to just get out from this hall to just feel a bit lighter, to forget some of my troubles at some points during the morning process. So it came in very handy, and I'm very much appreciative of the friends that stood by me. <laughs> Thank you so much. So my friends helped me a lot. And again, as I mentioned, um, cutting off some people also helped me changing places, changing number, helped me so much. And like the main, main um, lesson that I got out from this experience was my mental health above anything. Yeah, my mental, even above money, because I don't see the need of you having money and your mental health is deteriorating. Like that is for me, someone else might be different. So but for me. My peace of mind is my key priority at this point in my life. And um, I, I feel like I've kind of achieved that and I'm very thankful. And mind you, when it comes to grieving, people grieve differently. Very different. So my story might be different from yours. It's fine. It's very fine. And maybe um, your lessons too might be different from mine. It's okay. This is just my story and how I, what I went through, how I overcame it to me finally getting my sanity back and my happiness so that is it for today i'm very thankful if you've stuck with me to this point thank you so much i hope my story might or might not help someone out there but if it does i am humble and i'm thankful so that's it for today Thank you so much if you stuck with us until here. And remember, kindly subscribe to this podcast. Kindly do. Follow us on our social media handles at Elation Space. That is on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Kindly follow us. Like our pages. Um, comment on our posts. Interact with us. If you have any question, DM us on any of those social media platforms. You can also find more information about Election Space on our website. That is Election.Space. E-L-A-T-I-O-N. Full stop. S-P-A-C-E. Space. Election.Space. You'll find articles, blogs, information about us. So kindly do visit our website anytime. Yeah, that's all for today. I can't wait to meet you next week. Goodbye.